Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. What up, what up? Welcome to the Backdoor Cut, the all hoops all the time podcast, which is part of the Barn Burner Podcast Network. This is the Chief. I'm here with my boys Slim and Bro, and we are the Backdoor Cut crew. You are probably familiar with us based upon our two previous podcasts, which I'm sure you devoured. But before we go on, let me direct your attention to another podcast we have on the site, The Cutback, with my boy Slim, and a new edition, Q. They discuss the NFL in detail. Very entertaining. If you don't know much about the NFL, I still highly recommend it. Check it out. They are really diving into the details. Also, welcome to the Barn Q. We're glad to have you, uh, and we look forward to your content going forward, man. Everyone check out the Cutback ASAP. We're moving on to the conference championship games this weekend, so it'll be a good time to catch up on what's about to happen. Make your picks, get your bets in, and then we'll go from there. All right, boys, how you, go- how you doing? Slim, you good, man? Oh, man, I'm good. Q and I recorded the latest episode of The Cutback this morning. Uh, we'll have that posted tomorrow, so appreciate that shout-out. Um, man, how about those Memphis Tigers? They're 4-1 and one since you uh, started the petition to get Tubby Smith fired, so I guess you lit a fire under the, under the whole program, man. Yeah, I don't want to take direct credit for it, but I'm directly responsible for the success of the Memphis Tigers right now. So thank you for that shout out. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to the cutback, bro. What's going on, man? You good? What up fam? How's everyone doing? We're freezing over here in Memphis and M town, but enjoying some basketball. Got a couple win streaks from our teams here. Good thing. Bad thing. Not sure. We'll cover that later on in the pod, but chief, you want to kick us off? All right. Well, before we get to it, I just want to do a quick thoughts and prayers to the folks in Hawaii. Not sure if you guys heard about this bizarre circumstance. Apparently the local government there sent out an automated text message to the entire state saying that there was an impending missile strike. So like those text messages you get, you know, when there's about to be a weather alert or a flood, this said a missile is heading your way. And for 30 minutes, everyone in Hawaii thought they were about to be blown up. This is a fact. This happened literally this morning. So shout out to the folks in Hawaii, the Hawaiians. Hope y'all are doing okay after the very stressful morning. And I hope that in 50 years, no one crawls out of a bunker and then, you know, we have a movie on our hands. But if anything, y'all got Tua, you know, he's great. Y'all got uh, Mariota. So it's a big it's a big sports year in Hawaii. Big sports year. But all right. N- enough about the NFL. Enough about Hawaii. Let's get to it. For this week's episode of the Backdoor Cut, we just decided there was too many amazing things happening in the league to pick one. I mean, this was a this was a couple weeks where a lot of shit happened. So as a result, this is what we're calling the shoot around edition This is where we'll be talking a ton of topics. Some serious, some not. Uh, of course, none of this has been approved by Adam Silver, the, our beloved commissioner of the NBA. But despite all that, we're going to talk shop for you here today. So jumping right into it, we got a series of topics. And this is going to be the Backdoor Cuts first segment, first official segment, which we're going to be calling NBA Fight Club. Now, for those familiar with Fight Club, it's a movie of Brad Pitt and, uh, and Ed, Ed Norton came out in the late 90s. Pretty famous movie. There's a fight club in it where a bunch of dudes beat the shit out of each other. And it seems that the, the trend has caught on in the NBA as of late. But there's a couple rules with the NBA Fight Club that might differ from the movie you've seen. Most importantly, the first rule of NBA Fight Club is 
definitely talk about it. You got to tweet about it. You got to tell your girlfriend about it. You got to tell your side piece about it. You want everyone to know that you got in a scuffle on the NBA court. And of course, the news is broadcasting and everyone knows. The second rule of NBA Fight Club, sort of related. Make funny memes and GIFs and tweet them out. If you can include an emoji, you get bonus points because that shit kills. The third rule of NBA Fight Club, if someone flops, flails, or talks shit from the bench, the bench mob out there chirping, you take the action straight at them. You don't hold back. You go right at them. And for the fourth rule, if your teammates are a bunch of namby-pambies, as Greg Popovich might say, demand a trade. Because in today's NBA, you can literally tweet and get traded. It's a magical world we live in, peeps. So a lot of things happened this week in NBA Fight Club, the first of which and the most important of which I feel was what I'm calling the Sockham in Staples. So this is the Rockets versus Clips. This is the Rockets back in Staples Center playing the Clippers. What do you guys think we ought to call this legendary fight? I'm a big alliteration guy also, so the Sockham at Staples is pretty good. I'm trying to think of what how we could relate it to Los Angeles. I saw the ringer had the, uh, the non brawl in the hall. I like, I like that one. Um, but I mean, come on, we, we, we can't name fights where people just went in and yelled at each other. It, it doesn't, it doesn't deserve a name. That's true. It doesn't rise to the level of the malice of the palace. For instance, the infamous 2004 Detroit Pistons throw down, but let me set the stage for y'all a little bit. And then we'll talk a little bit about specifically what happened. So, Clips Rockets, Chris Paul's return to Staples Center. You know, he played in for the Clippers for six years, comes back. They give him a little return video. Half the crowd cheers. Some of them boo. Um, the game gets started, and, and boy, is it a chippy game. It's just one of those games you could tell from the first quarter that everyone just kind of disliked each other, and you knew it was going to go sideways. In the fourth quarter, Wesley Johnson blocks the shit out of Eric Gordon. Blake Griffin runs by the Rockets coach, Mike D'Antoni, and gives him a little fuck you shove. D'Antoni says something back, and when he was interviewed, D'Antoni says he told Blake he didn't appreciate it none too much, but we all know that means D'Antoni told Blake, fuck you too. Um, back on the other side of the court, Adverson complaining about a no call. Things escalated. Guys started doing the come at me, bro, and then Ariza reaches out, and in a true infamous NBA moment, rips Blake Griffin's spandex, the spandex compression shorts they wear underneath their shorts, just ripped them. So they're like hanging down like near his leg. So he has like a battle wound on the court the whole time. So then the game ends and Chris Paul being very familiar with the tunnels and inner workings of Staples center, having played there for six years, decides to lead, lead an expedition. I will call it. We've all seen game of Thrones. We know when Jon Snow led an expedition to the, to the wilderness to hunt down a, uh, a white Walker. Well, this is very similar only, you know, there's no fantasy shit involved. It's just Chris Paul trying to lead Trevor Ariza, who's mad as hell to beat someone's ass or to theoretically beat someone's ass. But of course, no ass beating was actually done. The, my favorite part of the story is that posted outside the Clippers locker room was what some reports have said, Clint Compella. But what, what we now know to be uh, apparently um, Tarek Black was actually out there. So I've heard either it was Capella or Tarek Black were like playing bouncer and kind of calling the shots. So either way, I think it's hilarious. Um, and, and it led to a night of NBA infamy where nothing happened. Uh, no one actually fought. Everyone just kind of yelled at each other. And then ultimately, the, with the coup de grace of the night, the LAPD were called for whatever reason, even though nothing actually happened. For some reason, someone felt it was fitting to call the cops. Um, and and that, that sort of just set off the, the ridiculous storylines that were in play 
uh, for an, a glorious evening in the NBA. Now, Slim, what do you think of the Sockman Staples or the, uh, the just the whatever you called it, where there's no fight? Well, well listen, the, the game was chippy. Uh, you know, it was a good game. It was fun to watch because uh, these guys they cared. Like there, there was some bad blood on the court. Um, and and with the coaches, I'm not sure how Dan Tony got into it with Blake. That was like the most random part of it to me. Um, but you know, with Chris Paul and them, th- these are two teams that they both have players that most teams hate playing against. So, and I mean, nobody likes the Rockets and nobody likes the Clippers. So it's fitting that they they just fight it out. I hope we get a a playoff matchup with the two. But I, my version of the events, I imagine. So they get into the locker room, and I think it's pretty is more common knowledge than we we assume of the way the the corridors of the Staples Center work. Um, so I don't I don't think necessarily like they needed CP3 to lead them down the hall and like saying that way, and then they get to another corner and that way. Bro, don't uh, ruin my idea of this. Look, I have a John McClane from Die Hard crawling through the ventilation shaft with the lighter. Just let me believe that. Okay, let me believe it was just it, no way could have gotten there without Chris Paul and his Marauders map. Hey, we, we all have our own perceptions of reality, and you told the story very well. I'm just going through how I imagine it going down. And so they, they bust into the locker room from the back door, which is weird that, that, that it does have this back door. Um, and it's not like blocked um, for people coming in that way, you know, or like there's not a whole locker in front of it or something. Um, and then they, they're shouting and yelling. Austin Rivers had been talking shit all night from the bench. He's uh, out with the injury. He had a boot on over there. And he's another one of those hateable players. He, he might be the most hateable because he's typical, Doc's son. Typical coach's son, right? Like he's the typical, even going back to high school, the coach's son just sits and chirps on the bench. But it's even worse now it's the NBA because the coach's son thing has played out. It's not cute anymore. I say kick Austin Rivers out of the NBA. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd be okay with that. I think the NBA would be a better league if that happened. So I'm cool with that. Um, and, and so they're in there, they're yelling like, where the fuck's Austin? He was talking shit. And then the LAPD thing, I also think, has been blown out of proportion. Because if it's anything like FedEx Forum, MPD mans the locker rooms anyway. So calling the police in this case is not someone dialing 911 like the uh, reenactment on Inside the NBA afterwards, which was hilarious. Those guys do a great job of playing out NBA moments and, and really just picking them apart. Um, so the uh, LAPD is more than likely if it's like FedEx forum in the inside the Staples center, they're already there. So they're called because they're right there in their police and on security duty. And, and that's just how it is. So, and I think, uh, Tark black heard the commotion and came to the front door. I don't think, I don't think it's like we first thought he, he went and knocked on the door as a distraction or something like that. I think he heard people yelling so he left his locker room because it's obviously not too far if they just hit a little side corridor um so i i don't really think it's too much you know gerald green and ariza got suspended two games which because of the story and how it got let out um the nba basically had to do that so it, james harden ain't trying to fight nobody he, he had to pay his his goons to uh hit up or to beat up Moses Malone Jr. Uh, yeah, hit on Moses club. Malone Jr. Yeah, because of the strip break. Yeah, James Harden's yeah. been paying people to beat people up for sure. 
Yeah, Gerald I mean, Green. I, w- I, I wouldn't want to fight Gerald Green or Trevor Ariza. I, okay. I'll say that much. Yeah, those two I would not fight. Gerald Green, interesting to me because he's like he's like the new kid in school. You know, like he he like just joined the team, and then in, in two in two days, right, like days before this game, or maybe maybe a couple months. I'm, I mean, has he been with the, the team the whole season? Uh, no, he's only played like ten games. I think okay. he's averaging fifteen point six points. But and he's a vet, so so he knows about having your teammates back and stuff. Right. And and he's he's a fiery guy too. So he he was probably pissed. I love that. Um, I love him coming in and take, getting his boys back like that initially. Like I I think that was really cool and and a move of solidarity. Speaking of guys that I definitely wouldn't fucking fight, the top of my do not absolutely fight list is Patrick Beverly, dude. Like I think that guy like plays the way on the court in which he would fight. And like, I think I'd, I think I don't, I'd die if Patrick Beverly fights me. I think if I fight James Harden, I think I ultimately lose, but I think I like last for a long time. I think I'm in that fight for at least like 10, 15 minutes, but Beverly take me out in two or three. I think Matt, Matt Barnes is another guy at the top of that list. I don't think you want to fight him. Like if you, if you have to go one-on-one with him, you'll probably just get knocked out real quick, but odds are he's got some bros right behind him ready to jump in on you also. Barnes got reach, dude. Did the, the guy's got long arms? Got reach. He, you know, he did some back knuckle or some uh, back alley boxing. <clears throat> I, I agree with that. Ben Barnes is a good pick as well on the do, absolutely do not fight club. Well, well bro, what do you think of everything, man? Yeah, I think ultimately, it. I mean, it's probably blown out of proportion, like Slim said. And ultimately, it was going to be a hold me back, bro moment. None of those guys are going to actually go in there and fight each other. I think it's good and pretty entertaining for everyone else for all this on the court drama and all that, but. Blake Griffin has been Zebo's punching bag for seasons and just been walked on and kind of know that he's soft. You know, Harden's not like Slim said, he's not the guy who's going to follow through. He's just going to start stuff and get all these other people involved. So ultimately it wasn't going to become anything, but still pretty entertaining. Gave us something to talk about for a pretty good amount of time. Is Chris Paul like the little brother in the situation that stands behind the big brother and goes, yeah, that's, that's exactly how I'd be picturing it. He's instigating it, and everyone's going to bat for him, but ultimately he's not going to have anything to do with it. Yeah, he can't be fighting. He's the president of the players' union, so and that, that's out of the question for him. So it, I, I don't know why these guys did that. I mean, I understand them being mad, but if you're going to fight, fight on the court where you can get some punches in before it gets broken up. Uh, but about my my all hands team, I do think Pat Bev would be my my point guard right now of current players. Uh, and then Tony Allen still at the shooting guard. I got to go James Johnson next, and then close it out with Zebo and David West. So yeah, I, I got to put I, yeah, got to put Bloodsport in there. Exactly, that's a good one. I think to not pick uh, James Johnson, he's like a freaking like is he undefeated uh, UFC fighter. Uh, I don't. I know he's a black belt, so okay. I, I don't know if he's he's actually done any fights, but he, he's a black belt. So and he's athletic as hell and long, so wouldn't want to fight him. But he wouldn't want to fight Zebo either. I, I, so and Tony Allen. <laughs> I mean, just ask OJ Mayo. Yeah, yeah, he'll tell you a great story about an airplane ride beatdown for sure. Uh, that's a good bit. I didn't think think about my team. I'm gonna think about that and put that forth later, bro. You have a team or anything? Nah, Bloodsport was going to be at the top of my list, and I think that's a good making of an article right there. Yeah, we might have to bring that to you later. 
ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but if anyone has anything else to say about the uh, this fight in Staples Center, then we'll move forward to our next topic. We good? Yeah, Let's I'm do good. It. All right, well, keeping with our NBA Fight Club theme, because the fights just kept coming this week, folks. We move forward to a, a pretty quiet battle between the Orlando Magic and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Not often that game is going to be on a big TV outlet, but it made headlines when, at some point during the game, the Timberwolves' power forward, just big man bruiser, comes off the bench. His name is Nemenja Jellica. I believe the B is silent. So Nemenja Jellica. Uh, he cuts into the lane and nearly collides head-on with uh, Aaron Aflalo, the shooting guard for the Orlando Magic. Kind of a journeyman. Used to be really good, but hasn't really put up the numbers that he historically has you know, in the past two or three years. And, uh, and anyway, they, they get double-teched, um, and there had been some chippiness earlier, too. A lot of this starts with chippiness early, and then it escalates. But then Aflalo decided that he wanted to join NBA Fight Club, too. So he goes right at uh, Jellica, who's like at least like six, seven inches taller and like 50, 60 pounds heavier. And he throws, not only does he try to just like jaw at him, he throws a haymaker. I mean, like a full haymaker, and it barely grazes Jellica's head. Jellica just brushes that shit off and puts Aflalo in a headlock, just completely incapacitates him. I mean, at this point, Aflalo is just flailing around like a fish, trying to land a punch, and Jellica's just standing there like nothing phases him. And it was a scene, it was like the scene in Rocky Four when Rocky's fighting a Russian and none of his punches are doing any damage at all. And I just imagine, I mean, I literally just imagine Jellica just uttering to Aflalo while he had him in that headlock, like, I will break you before just wrecking him. And he did. I mean, it was literally the Rocky versus the Russian matchup. Um, and, and Aflalo came out very much not on top. Did you guys see that? Oh, yeah, I saw it. Uh, if Aflalo would have connected with the Haymaker, uh, it would have been good night, but I don't, I don't, I couldn't tell if he actually wanted to hit him because you I guess he grazed the top of his head. That's what you say, but I, I didn't see it hit him. Um, so, and, and then, yeah, the big fella just grabbed him up. That's what big fellas do. You just grab them and, and squeeze that neck and make them think that head's about to pop off. So, uh, uh, I, I was surprised, uh, with a follow taking that swing, but he's from Compton. So I, I, he's probably about that life too. Yeah, maybe so. I, I didn't know where he's from and I, it might be very well. So that if you let him play out, some, some shit could have actually gone down, but you got to, I got to give mention right now to, uh, to Jellica to, uh, for his restraint there, you know, and calming the situation down and being the typical big man, just and putting him in the headlock and just letting him calm down. So shout out to Jellica for, uh, some, some good NBA fellowship there, bro. What'd you think about that? Maybe he should be president of the players association since he seems to be pretty calm and cool collected under, uh, you know, intense circumstances. He really didn't even flinch when the punch was thrown at him. I was kind of impressed. He just kind of like slow motion, reached over, grabbed him and held him down there. But I, I think uh, the punching is kind of extreme. Talk about fighting like on the court. Hopefully that doesn't become a trend because you really hate to see players get suspended and start to miss games because of brawls out on the court, like too many of them. At least that's how so, I feel. I'm not maybe as hardcore as you guys. So do you think uh, the NBA is kind of maybe under an Im- image problem right now? I think something we were talking about earlier offline is uh, kind of like right now, teams are starting to get frustrated. The pack's starting to separate a little bit from the haves and have-nots. So a lot of the players who are 
maybe their teams aren't doing as well as they thought they were. They're looking for an outlet to kind of express that. And they're kind of letting their emotions get a hold of them, their frustration. Yeah, I think, I think if, if the, any of these things actually, I guess it depends on how much you know the NBA. I mean, if you know that none of these fights actually result in anything and this actually thrown or nothing serious, you know, it's just some on-court anger, you know, players get heated, the game's intense. Like everyone cares when they're in the middle of the game, even if you're a team trying to tank. So if, if everyone that knows the NBA knows that nothing actually happens, then no. But I think people see these headlines, these casual fans, and they're thinking, damn, everyone in the NBA is fighting each other right now. Um, I don't think it has the image problem to the extent it did maybe in like the early 2000s when there were legit fights. But, I mean, you know, one too many headlines like this, and it starts to get that, that reputation. Uh, yeah, the NBA, and, it, go ahead. And, and that's crazy to me because, I mean, we celebrate fights in hockey. Uh, everybody loves a good bench clearing in baseball. But, but the NBA has two little mini scuffles that are nothing. And, and people are talking about the NBA might have an image problem. That, that's fucking ludicrous to me. Yeah, I agree. I don't know why that's the case. I, I, I couldn't even begin to guess. I mean, it would be totally speculation, but. Well, I can fucking tell you because they're black guys fighting and the other sports are white people. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand why hockey, it's encouraged. It's not like hockey's any more fit. I mean, yeah, technically you can check people and whatnot. And maybe in, in football, it's incurred, like the anger is literally part of the play. You know, like you when you make a tackle, like you can get that anger out um, other ways. But yeah, that's it, 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 I think it's the image problem has racial overtones to it. Just like when, you know, you had Allen Iverson showing up to press conferences wearing like whatever, you know, sweatpants, sweatshirt, like just casual fucking attire. And then they literally instill the dress code, you know, because of stuff like that. And, and that was because of a quote unquote image problem as well. Yeah, you're right. But the uh, the dress code has sir has done well. Um, now these guys are dressing nice, coming to the games, and fashion has kind of taken off in the NBA since then. So uh, I think it, you know, indirectly served a really great purpose. Yeah, I think it worked out. Uh, yeah, and I'm glad that was the case. But I think it sort of spawned from the exact thing we're talking about now. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. Well, unless y'all got anything more on our boy Aflalo, I'll move on to the next topic. And feel free to interrupt me. Uh, so. Another fight, another NBA fight club was had on our very own FedEx Forum home court. And it wasn't really as much a physical fight as it was a battle of wills, a battle of emotions, Um, a situation where a player started chirping in the ear of another player, started whispering and got in his head. And, of course, I'm speaking of the New York Knicks versus the Memphis Grizzlies. This game, I was there. It 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 seemed to be a blowout on behalf of the Grizzlies who were playing very well, perhaps the best basketball I've seen them play this season. Sharing the ball, everyone hitting open shots, everyone playing with confidence, especially all of our young players. And the Knicks never seemed really into it. Porzingis still seems kind of hurt. Uh, you know, no one was hitting shots. Beasley actually hooped. Uh, I wish, I mean, that would be another topic for another podcast, but I love Michael Beasley. And um, so it looked to be that the Grizzlies were going to blow out the Knicks. But then here we are. We find ourselves again in the last five minutes of the game, and the Knicks have somehow caught up. Grizzlies stop making shots. They st- their confidence gets shaken because they're a bunch of young bucks that don't know how to handle adversity. And um, it's like four minutes, three minutes, you know, under five minutes. And at some point we have a jump ball and it's a key possession too. It might've been like even two minutes because it was a very key possession late in the game. And there was a jump ball um, between Tyreek Evans. And uh, I can't remember who else was jumping, but it was, it was someone, it was a shorter, it was a guard on the Knicks. So anyway, around standing around the perimeter, uh, of course, all the players stand there. 
And uh, Dylan Brooks, who I have nicknamed Dilly Buckets, and he did not like that nickname because he didn't choose it, unfortunately, but I still love it. So Dilly Buckets is standing there, had a great game, like 18 points, like four or five from three. Standing there next to Courtney Lee, former Grizz. And, uh, and on, he was on the Grizz during a bunch of key times, during a bunch of great playoff runs, a bunch of super, super fun times that I remember. So I, I think of Courtney Lee as a Grizz, and I always will. And I loved his contributions to the roster. Um, he always played hard, and I really liked Courtney. So C. Lee is standing next to him. And, uh, and all we see in the, stand, or in the stands are them talking. And I thought they were, like, getting along well. I thought they were, like, having a pleasant conversation. And all of a sudden, Ref tees Courtney Lee up. So we shoot a free throw and basically ice the game with that. And, um, and then the, the jump ball is kind of a moot point at this point. So I ended up look, looking it up later, and I find out what happened. And C. Lee described what happened. Of course, he was livid. Anyone's livid after a tech, but he was real pissed. So C. Lee said, uh, regarding the words that he said to Dilly Buckets that got him teed up, he said, quote, the rookie grabbed my arm. I said, get off me. He said some other words. I said, look, you got the wrong, wrong one, Rook. You got the wrong one, youngin. And he said, who are you? And I said, you know who I am. And then I got a tech. But uh, if that's exactly how it went, and they had a very nice, very pleasant, you know, Mr. Rogers conversation, then, uh, then I'm surprised he got a tech. But I'm willing to bet that's not the exact transcript of what took place uh, from Dilly Buckets to Courtney Lee. I don't know. I wasn't there. I couldn't hear. But I'm willing to bet that's not exactly how it went. Um, but who, who can say? Maybe it did go like that. Uh, either way, Sealy Tech ice the game, Grizz win, um, and and Dilly Buckets walks away cheesing so hard. It's an incredible picture. I don't know if y'all seen it, but he looks like he just masterminded the whole thing, and he's very pleased with himself. Um, and so the, I, I thought that was a hilarious near NBA Fight Club, certainly an NBA Mental Fight Club that took place the other night here on a home court. Did you guys see that? And and what do you think? What do you think, Slim? Man, that was some bullshit. I don't care if Courtney Lee had a cuss word as every other word in the sentences he said. You cannot call the technical in that situation uh, for guys just talking. I mean, it was like 11 seconds left, and it was a three-point ball game. And guys are just battling out in the heat of the moment, talking a little a little shit. That was some bullshit, man. That really disappointed me and is messing up our tank. Yeah, that I was I was getting really excited slowly, slowly but surely. You know, the Grizz were about to give it up. Knicks were coming back, hitting hitting some big threes towards the end. You know, it was gonna happen. Play, it could have been the best of both worlds. All the young guys coming out, playing really strong. But you know what? Still, still keeping the tank alive. But unfortunately, it was just a classic example of the second man gets caught because Dilly was like pulling on Courtney's arm for a couple possessions, and I could see they were kind of going at each other. But what, what I really think, my conspiracy theory, is that the Knicks have decided, eh, we're not going to do it this year. We're going to wait. We're going to wait a couple more years, try to build a little bit. And so Courtney Lee was in on that, and they, he decided to throw the towel in and give that one up. But Dylan, he was not in on it. He didn't know the Grizz plan, so he screwed it all up for us. I don't like well, how you, you better you, learn the Grizz plans. Yeah, <laughs> someone needs to sit them all down and be like, hey, man. What are y'all doing? Just stop playing. Well, you can't really do that, but just, I don't know. It seems to be that you, you couldn't just exist in today's environment and not understand what's going on, but just by being on social media. But I, I, what I don't like about technical fouls generally is that no one knows what, like, what constitutes. There's no like, bright line rule for what constitutes like, a technical foul. There, like, there's certainties. Like, if you run up and punch someone, you're going to get a technical foul. 
but otherwise just jawing like there's no certainty and we don't as fans we don't get to hear what they're saying to each other so like to what degree of a messed up thing do you have to say to someone or the ref before they tee you up and uh, it, it seems really untransparent and I, I don't like that i don't like how we can see when a foul is you know we, we as an audience can see when a foul is called because and we can see the foul but like with technical fouls it seems like the refs have a little too much control and i don't know what an alternative that would be but i don't like that kind of it being in the secret mystery box a court like to what is a technical foul yeah, that's a good point, and I, I it, it really just depends on like the flow of the game and the mood of the referee. It seems like, but I, I just it, even if that wasn't a Grizzlies game, I hate to see any game decided on a, a petty, petty, petty technical foul call like that in, in the waning moments. Um, and then the officials, after a technical foul, the ball goes to the team that shoots the free throws so who who benefits from from the foul but they continue with the jump ball and apparently they got that wrong too um based on some articles i read today i didn't even think about that yeah that that's absolutely what happened and i guess they did and and, and i mean i guess some some of the officials are a little bush league and i mean you don't always get the fair shake every night according to the experience of the officials but yeah yeah so so speaking of the the Knicks, uh, is is Porzingis good? Or is Dude, uh, he... We were about to get into that too. Next topic, but I, I so I you got he's one of those players you have to really see to believe his like um, like see to believe his entire wingspan and his height and everything that has to do with him. Like he is literally amazing. I, I mean, his physic just his physical traits. Like it it doesn't make sense that he could play the way he plays. Uh, according to the way he looks like he he's seven three his his arms are super long he's got super long legs and the fact that he can stroke threes and, and convincingly too is amazing i mean it, it, there's a reason i think i finally understood why they call him the unicorn and that is because he's like a one in a kind type talent and in, in his body with all that said though he he's he's very slight of frame i mean he doesn't have a lot of muscle he's put on more muscle since he got in the league um, but, uh, he, 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 he really does just like, he gets pushed around, you know, he gets bullied in the paint and he, he, uh, he doesn't seem to be about banging in the post by any means. He's more of a perimeter player. Uh, so I think if they go small, for instance, then you can sort of, you know, I mean, a Zebo might get blocked by him, but I think you can get, you could get him in the post and kind of bang him up a little bit. Um, and he seems to be like my, he might be like always hurt, but. Uh, he really was. I mean, it was amazing to see. Like, I could, he, he like he dwarfed Enos Cantor, who's like their big man. And when I saw that, I was like, "Damn, how tall is Porzingis?" You can't really tell on the TV or anything. So it was cool to see that. It was cool to see him in person. It's definitely something I recommend if you have the chance. What did you? What do you think about Porzingis? Yeah. So I, I looked up some stuff on him today. Something that just stuck out to me outside of the about like you talked about he's kind of soft down in the paint it didn't really look like he was he wasn't banging for boards any of the rebounds he got were because they either came to him or he just happened to catch them over guards who are in the paint he didn't really have to work for any of his rebounds so he's he's averaging 23 and 7 right now and he's at 33 minutes a game and at that uh that minutes per game he was getting tired about 20 25 minutes into the game he was already he was bending over he was grabbing his shorts i could tell just the physical signs they even had to call a timeout at one point to pull him out of the game because he was a he wasn't able to hang with the physicality because really the grizz guys the 
the Grizz young guys did really well. Marcus Gasol, he didn't play last night. He was ill. Uh, Brandon Wright didn't play. So Deontay Davis got the start. And he actually, he, he played very solid. Drill Martin had probably the best game possibly as a Grizz. Definitely this season. He really, he showed out. He had 15 plus points, I think. But I, something that kind of concerned me about Porzingis is the his inability to get in there and work for rebounds. So it's even if you have him on your team and he's a great rim protector because he was blocking people at will just by standing there, kind of as you would picture. Like if you're an older brother and you have like a three year old brother who's trying to shoot on you, that's kind of what it reminded me of. But uh, just his inability to bang, and you still I feel like need a center in there like Cantor to kind of be physical, to push people around, to be successful. But so I, I'm kind of on the fence on whether or not he's the player that you want to build a franchise around, or if he's going to be your second or third option. Yeah. And that, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like right now, right now he's definitely a third option, but I see at least second option potential in him. I just can't tell if he's going to be that mega superstar or not. Uh, he, he's got the skill set. Uh, like to see his outside jumper stay hot. He had a couple, he had a bad month. I think it was like November or December, one of the months that really uh, brought his percentages down. Otherwise, he'd be shooting like 40% from the three. Um, but I like him. I just, uh, he, he's got to take a next step for me. And maybe it's just the talent on the Knicks is, is not that good. So, you know, people are focusing on him and all that. Um, but yeah, he's asked he's to not, do everything, you know, like I mean, you got Jared right. Jack. You got like you got no one on that team except for Beasley who can come like get their own shot, you know. And so, yeah, it is true. It's the question of whether he's actually any good or has to do too much. But, uh, but yeah, you were saying. But one thing with uh, Porzingis and the Greek Freak and like Cat and these guys, like I think we have forgotten and we have been reminded this week how good Anthony Davis really is. Like. He is the next big thing in the league uh, still, even though he, he kind of had those injuries and stuff. He is the best young basketball player in the league right now, I would say. He's like 24. Yeah, he's he's insanely good. I, I honestly like – it sucks that he's like even spent this many years there, the Pelicans, who can't seem to bring any guards around him or anyone else. Like, uh, and I hate that, that – I want to all simultaneously encourage sort of uh, like loyalty to teams. You know, like you get drafted by a team, you stay with them, and you build something there, and then you have like a mid-market that can be competitive. But then also, if a team's going to do you like that, then it makes sense for you to go to somewhere where you're going to, um, you know, you're going to like they're going to pay the money to bring the the pieces around you so you can compete for championships. So I don't, yeah, I, I look forward to seeing him on a team where like we're seeing him in you know the conference finals and finals that whoever that may be. I haven't even considered that. Yeah, and I mean this this New Orleans team is probably the best team he's been on uh yet in his career. And I mean it's him, Boogie, and Drew Holiday really. They they got Rondo uh too and then Etwan Moore is the next best player who just happened to start it, start hooping for the team. So yeah, I mean you hate to see these guys leave for big markets, but at the end of the day you can't blame them. Yeah, I'm a big Drew Holiday fan. If anything, because he spells his name the way he does with the J, I think that's awesome. I think. Oh, he can uh, he can ball. Yeah, he can. It's because he has the J, man. Like he, I think that's what he's always said. He's been like uh, uh, Drew with the J, and then he strokes a shot in your face, and then swish, and then that's awesome. 
So I hope he, if he doesn't do that, he better start. He better listen to this and start doing that. Bro, you got any more thoughts on Porzingis? What do you think? No, nah, I covers Porzingis, and I echo you guys' thoughts on Anthony Davis as well. Oh, man. He's so, been having a monster couple weeks. It's been pretty cool to watch. Yeah, he, he's been resurgent. But uh, let's move on to the next topic. Celtics legend Paul Pierce is uh, set to be honored at a game later this month. And uh, Danny Ainge and the Celtics thought it was going to be a good idea to also do a video tribute to Isaiah Thomas because the Celtics are hosting Cavs. Um, And Paul Pierce expressed some concern over that. Uh, He he went to Danny Ainge and just, you know, said, hey, I I don't think this is right. Um, And... I, I think it's petty of Paul Pierce. I, I've got to agree. I mean, I agree with Jalen Rose. This is this is petty, um, but it, it's, the organization shouldn't have set it up this way. And Isaiah Thomas, he did have his chance to get recognized the first time Cleveland played in Boston, but he said he wanted his family to be there, um, and they couldn't be there for that game. So I think I think you kind of missed your chance, it three. Uh, the first game back is the only game back you should be honored. Um, so I know he, he's liked a couple of posts on Instagram about people calling Paul Pierce petty. Um, and I mean, Paul Pierce, I I think he sees himself in, in a higher standard than what he is. Like he is a hall of famer, but he's not a legend of the game. And in my book, he's barely even a top 10 Celtic. So, I mean, he won one one championship, and he was only on the All-NBA second team one time. Uh, He was a 10-time All-Star, but let's not – come on now, Truth. Like, you're not a legend. You're not Kobe. You're not Tim Duncan. You're not any of these guys. I mean, when when you think of Celtics greats, you got Bill Russell, Larry Bird, Hondo, uh, Mikhail, Dave Cowens. Bob Cousy, Robert Parrish, Sam Jones, JoJo White, RIP to JoJo White. By the way, he's a two-time NBA champion for the Celtics. He also he also won a gold medal. Um, he, he was fun to watch. He was one of my father's favorite players, actually. So I, I've been watching highlights of him. So RIP and our prayers are with his family. But I think Paul Pierce, man, Paul Petty Pierce. I I I think he just sees himself in in too high of a standard. What do you guys think, bro? No, I'm actually going to disagree with you on this one for once. Uh, I think it's totally fair of him to want his own night and just kind of, I mean, he may not be one of the greatest Celtics, but certainly one of the ones in my lifetime that I can remember watching and brought them their most recent championship. You know, like you mentioned, 10-time All-Star. And I want to say it was it was Ray Allen. or was it Was it Ray Allen who was saying that, you know, Isaiah Thomas, he took him to a uh, – conference final no nah, that, that was that was rondo ray allen rondo. does not speak on the celtics okay rondo said it then yeah he's like the celtics you know they don't celebrate uh conference conference championship appearances and uh I, so i think it's totally fair of him and i also was you know kind of thinking about video tributes just in general and i think it's each team has kind of a right to do it based on their history and kind of the culture of the team. Like here in Memphis, obviously we don't have any championships and we have some potential, you know, future hall of famers, but we also had guys like 
Zebo, Tony Allen, who meant more to to the program, to the city, than can be put on put in a stat sheet. And so I think that like they would totally deserve to have their number retired, have the tribute videos, the full nine yards on that. And so it really just depends on the franchise. They should each have their own right to choose. I don't think there should be a set standard necessarily on who deserves a tribute video when they come back to their former place. Yeah, there's no standard. Maybe that's the problem, but it was, it was the Celtics fault. I mean, they shouldn't have planned this the way they did. They should have just made Paul Pierce's night on any other game where there isn't an ex Celtic coming back into the building. That they could potentially do a, a, a video for whatever, but yeah, I mean, dude, Paul Petty Pierce this is like absolutely absurd. And he absolutely views himself in a higher regard than he should because he literally couldn't even for four years or three or four or five years with the Celtics couldn't even get over the hump and, and, and get to the finals until he had, you know, until they created the first super team. So they had Ray Allen and, and Rondo come over and Kevin Garnett. And until he had those pieces around him, he couldn't do anything. In fact, they were pretty terrible when Paul Pierce was, uh, was like the star on the team. They're winning like 30 games, maybe 40 and maybe cracking around, but getting killed. And like, so like, yes, he was a crucial component to that championship team. But I mean, like you said, he ain't Kobe. He's not Tim Duncan. Um, he's not, you know, when LeBron retires, uh, he's more like a, like a Tracy McGrady. Like a, if Tracy McGrady had ever been on a team where he was surrounded by the pieces that Paul Pierce had, Tracy McGrady would have won a championship. Um, and Tracy McGrady will probably be, well, arguably is a Hall of Famer, I think. I think he just got in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he is. He's yeah, yeah. Ba- he was first ballot, a surprise first ballot to me. But Yeah, that's and that, and that might set the new standard for a Hall of Famer. But, you know, like I, I don't think anyone's going to say that Tracy McGrady or Paul Pierce are transcendent NBA legends that changed the game such that, for instance, Kobe did. And so I, I just think you can't like, first of all, I, I don't, even if you're Kobe, I, I think this is just a bad look and really unnecessary. And is it really that big of a deal? Like, I, I just don't understand it. And I mean, I think he's re- kind of regretting now that he did it. Maybe not, but like, especially because things blow up these days. Yeah. And I mean, it is the Celtics fault, the organization. They, they shouldn't have done this. But uh, like Professor said, that the organization gets to choose who and when they do video tributes for, and they had decided. And uh, I don't think there was a big uproar from the fans or anything. I think they were excited it was going to be an emotional night. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, and, but then this is Paul Pierce's tribute is not like Kobe's. It's not every time out they're going to be doing something about Paul Pierce. His tribute is after the game. And during the game, there's going to be ads from every sponsor of the Celtics. There's going to be all kinds of different videos in arena. So I just don't understand why why you're so upset about another video being played that's going to be like 45 seconds long. Uh, it's just petty to me. Yeah, it's 100% petty. It's a definition of petty. Uh, just a bad look. Uh, what do you, bro, you got anything else? Uh, pettiness in the NBA. What a shame. <laughs> All right, moving on to our next topic. All right, this week, earlier, Memphis Commercial Appeal columnist Chris Harrington posted a poll on Twitter. His poll was, let me pull it up, if you could keep one young Grizzlies player going forward, who would you pick? Dylan Brooks, Deonta Davis, Wayne Selden, or Kobe Simmons? What do you guys think? 
uh, I, I, those are four good like decisions to make. I mean, and, and, and maybe y'all are disagreeing. Maybe you'll have an automatic pick. I, I think I like, I like Dilly buckets the most. I think he's the most immediate contributor right now. I mean, he's, but he's older and he's like 23 or 22, 23. He played a lot of years in college and he's performing the most right now, uh, in terms of like stats. Um, Deontay Davis, of course, is just like a super athletic talent and seems to be playing really well with the second unit right now, really finding his footing. I mean, he, he's, he, he knows exactly where to be for the most part on alley-oop plays and he's, he's really athletic and can block shots and get rebounds. Kobe Simmons is an exciting point guard, athletic, very young, could, could turn into anything really. He's like kind of the the ceiling kind of pick, and Selden's almost a combination of all. He's got hyper athleticism. Um, he's got shooting the three well this year, shooting the three really well. At least in the games I've watched, he's got a great looking stroke. Maybe he's worked on that. Um, and I, I, but I wonder if he can create shots on his own. I think he might be more of like a run around, be athletic, you know, guy that can't really like handle the ball and create a shot on his own that isn't a reckless drive of the basket. On balance, I think I choose uh, Selden of all of them um, over Dylan Brooks because of Selden's younger, may- maybe slightly younger, but I just think he has the most upside. Of course, injury concerns with Selden just had a uh, was out for a long time with some sort of quad injury that Kawhi Leonard also has, and now that Kawhi's out is maybe kind of disconcerting. But it was a hard pick, uh, and that's good that we have some young players that are difficult to choose among, and that's a good problem for the Grizz to have. Uh, so, well, what do you, what do you think, Slim? Yeah, if you would have asked me at the end of the playoffs last year, I definitely would have said Wayne Selden. Um, this year, it, it looks like Dylan Brooks, um, but Deontay Davis, like you said, he's coming on strong, and it just seems like he he's kind of just out there playing on athleticism right now. Um, and, and the game is getting a little bit slower for him. He's starting to understand more. Um, where, like you said, exactly where he needs to be and um, just how he can, you know, get those small advantages that mean so much in the NBA, whether it's just being a half step ahead or, you know, ready for a rebound, things like that. Um, so I, I don't know. Kobe Simmons is good, but I, I, I think he's my first elimination. Um, it, then Dylan Brooks, I, I don't know how much better he's going to be. Um, I think I think he's going to be a solid role player, though. So I, I think right now I, I'd probably go Dylan Brooks. Um, I, I voted Selden in the poll online, but I've convinced myself of Dylan Brooks since then. And I, I don't really think it, there's that big of a difference between Brooks and Selden. And I wouldn't be surprised if we look back and Davis is the best pick of, of the bunch. So going and looking, the poll was yesterday, 873 votes on Twitter, and the most popular selection was Dylan Brooks. He got 67% of the votes. And then next was Wayne Selden with 15, Davis got 12, and Kobe in a distant fourth place got 6%. And the pick that I got or I went with was Dylan Brooks, and mostly that's just because I feel like you know what you're getting with him. Uh, right now, I mean, he's shooting 39% from three. His, I think his defense is pretty underrated. He's played some pretty good defense on some pretty high-caliber guys at times. And I think that he's he's coming to the league a little bit older than some of these guys. He's mature already. And I agree he might not have the highest ceiling, but I do think he is going to be a solid 
role player for hopefully the Grizzlies for a while to come because he's he's pretty cheap and hopefully you know he's a good value and he's already contributing. He started a ton of games this year with uh, Parsons injury, so I'm excited to have him out there. And then I, I would have to go number two would probably be Deonta Davis just because of his sheer athleticism. He, he reminds me of a skinny DeAndre Jordan just out there. They're throwing a bunch of lobs to him, which is not something that this team has had much of. And he and Tyreek seem to really have good chemistry together. And it's kind of fun to watch those two. And almost when Mark was out, I was kind of excited to see more of Davis. Cause I know that uh, a lot of the staff and the, uh, the front office is really high on Davis. So it's good to finally see some of these young players out there, where in past seasons when we were trying to compete, get to the playoffs and like get to the finals and the pipe dream that we were just, you know, beating the hell out of Mike and Mark trying to get us there. It's fun to see the young guys play and actually try to develop some. Yeah. I like Davis too. I think that, well, I think the fact that the management is so high on him sort of makes me wary of him because I think I have little faith in the Grizzlies management, but that's another topic. Um, I, the only thing about Deonta is, of course, he has all the like these intangibles, and he, he was one and you know one and done at Michigan State, great program, and he fell down to us like insanely low. Like he was, some people had him going in the lottery, and he ends up like it, it you know, way down to us. So it was an absolute steal. So that feels very satisfying too. Um, but I, I think he is, I think he's sort of an antiquated player in a modern NBA. I don't, I mean, in terms, I mean, maybe, maybe he can come off the bench and play as like a, just kind of a, like a alley-oop, you know, rebounder athletic guy off the bench on a second unit. But certainly like, it just seems, it would seem weird to have him on a starting lineup unless you had like Steph Clay and KD, then you could play him at the five, you know, and he would just be running around set screens and be athletic. But I, I just can't imagine him fitting in, in a, in a modern NBA team. What do you guys think? I'd have to agree. I think it kind of would handicap you in a lot of ways if you're starting him with a traditional lineup. Unless you got guys that can really space the floor and shoot, I think he he kind of just kind of gets in the way. As it's been experienced when, you know, Zach and Mark, before Mark could spread the floor a little bit, would clog the lane and not really give Mike anywhere to go once he was trying to go to the bucket. Yeah, I, I think he's got the ability to to become a good shooter, though. I think his his stroke is is not too bad he's got a nice arc on it um so it wouldn't surprise me to see him start knocking down some mid-range jumpers hopefully in extended extended minutes here in the back half of the season um and then you know once you start knocking down those mid-range then you move out to the corner threes and so on um so i'm sure he's working on that i I think he's gonna be okay Uh, i was worried about him uh up until this recent stretch of getting more minutes i I was really worried about him i thought he was gonna be uh done i think i think he's just kind of he's a really quiet guy i think he's kind of just behind um like he's like 19 years old so he doesn't really know how to express himself and it just he's just young you know like he he doesn't really understand what's going on like he can't he's not comprehending everything um so i I think as life is slowing down for him he will continue to be a better player yeah it's he's only going to get better as he matures into his body and matures into the nba game like it he will only get better and, and and um and for that, he does have like the highest ceiling, I think, of all these guys. 
Um, and he's being, I mean, uh, underrated aspect of Mark is he's, he's a pretty good mentor to other big men on the team. And, and he seems to have really taken a like liking to Deontay Davis. I know there's a lot of talk about him, like after practice, like shooting around with them. And I, I mean, I, maybe that's just the franchise trying to make me think that's the case, but um, it seems like Mark, whenever Deontay Davis does something great, you can see Mark with a particular like fatherly mentor glean in his eye. If Deontay does something good, um, and, and that might be the organization trying to sell it to me, but I, I like that. I like that little bit of leadership from Mark. I know he's not, that's not his thing, but I like that. Well, last year, Mark, uh, he was quoted, I think, in the commercial appeal. He said that Deontay was going to be the future of the franchise. So he, he, he's got high hopes for him. He believes in him. And for a guy that sees him play every day and plays against him on practice squads, you know, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good uh, adulation. So. Well, yeah, so unless you guys have anything more on this topic, great post by Chris Harrington, as always. I'm sure he'll do his uh, weekly pick and pop tomorrow and, and discuss that in more detail and probably gives his pick, and that should be a must-read for any of our Grizzlies fans here in town. So moving on to uh, another topic. Um, well, it's January, or it's February now in, uh, in the NBA season, and so it is. It is- <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> What year? Oh, it's January. Yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I was trying to January. Hang on, dude. <laughs> I've been sipping on a little vodka and Gatorade. Okay, just let me get my electrolytes in and let me figure out what month it is. All right, it's January 2018, and and therefore it's high time to uh, start flipping the fuck out about the Cavs. It's high time to start thinking that they're the worst team in the NBA, and that what did LeBron do by going back there? What's he thinking? How are they ever going to beat anyone? Well, shit, they might not even make the playoffs. Uh, it's it's about time we all start thinking those things like every happens every year, and but this year it culminated into something really ridiculous and especially LeBron, and that was this past Wednesday the Cavs played the Warriors, um, and the after after being demolished you know on their home court, uh, and after a three four game losing streak they're on a losing streak right now, the uh, the Cavs in a moment of solitude decide to hold a what, what was called a private and anonymous news press conference with, um, with certain members, select members of the media, either there in Cleveland or with ESPN or the NBA. And uh, so, so what that means is certain cast players, not all of them, got to go in a room and, and anonymously talk about the rest of the team to certain members of the press who could then publish the quotes. What did you guys think? of this anonymous press conference. What do you think, uh, Slynn? I, I was surprised. I, I, I didn't understand it. Usually, uh, usually you, you think LeBron is more straightforward, but uh, I, I'm not questioning it. Uh, LeBron's got a reason for doing what he does. So uh, I, think, I think the Cavs are going to be a better team here in a couple of weeks. And I, I don't know why, but I'm not questioning it. You're a big, big Cavs guy this year. This is you're on record as saying this is his best roster that he's had as a Cav. It is, and uh, they're a little old. They might they might be a move or two away. Um, but if Isaiah Thomas can get healthy and get into a riz- rhythm, I think so. But his defense is definitely uh, worrisome. And you got to remember, LeBron and this you know Kevin Love and these guys they didn't pick Isaiah to be on this team. Uh, they were kind of dealt him by the organization. So whereas he picked to come play with Kyrie, you know, when he came back. Uh, so I don't know who LeBron's got his eyes on, uh, but I, I, I think this team will be better in two weeks. 
What do you think, bro? To be honest, I don't really care about their meeting. You know, they had a come to Jesus meeting in a secret room. To me, I'm just not interested. I want to see, I'm sure that they'll end up with, you know, high in the Eastern conference at the end of the season. They'll make it to the conference finals and probably lose the Warriors. So ultimately I don't think it matters too much. I'm not, I'm not going to get worked up over it at least. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's true. It doesn't matter in the overarching theme of things, but like, I mean, I think it's like one of the most, I think it's ridiculous. I mean, I think it's ridiculous. I think that it's like uh slim. You said earlier, like LeBron's usually straightforward. I think he's like one of the most passive aggressive guys in the NBA. I think he posts like really like crazy tweets that really ambiguous and doesn't necessarily explain himself always and hints at things. And I think he really, I think he's very passive aggressive. So for that, I applaud him by doing perhaps the most passive aggressive thing ever and holding a press conference where he speaks anonymously about other guys on his team, but no one can ever direct the quote back to him. Like he, everyone just roasted Isaiah Thomas for not playing defense, but I don't know who was in this room. Maybe Kevin Love was Kevin Love don't play any damn defense either. A lot of guys on the team don't. So it's not, it's a broken system there no one's switching and no one's helping so it's not just like a, a you know it's not just isaiah thomas getting blown by at the top of the key and then everyone else just like can't do anything um and he's and, and isaiah thomas has been quoted too he said shortly after this he said the Cavs don't even practice so like he can't even get his reps and get back in playing shape post injury uh so he has to play he has to get his reps and get back his legs back underneath him and his win behind him in game and so that's a very difficult that's a very difficult way to play back into shape. I, I, I honestly think it's, I think it's hilarious. And I, I appreciate LeBron for steering into the passive aggression, but um, I, just, I just can't imagine this sort of situation flying in any other league. I mean, and I would be furious if I was another person on that locker room that wasn't invited to that press conference. It's like an automatic, like automatically means that they're probably talking shit about you in there. Just a private party that you didn't get invited to. How do they expect to create any sort of camaraderie on the team or get any better? Doesn't make any sense to me. But every time LeBron does the, the uses these passive aggressive methods, you know what he's saying. He's saying our team's not good enough right now. Like that, that that's clear as day to me. Uh, so and and usually the the ownership in the front office understands and they make a move. Um, as far as the team not practicing, this Isaiah is saying that because this is the first veteran team he's been on. Veteran teams don't practice. And th- these guys need their rest. And I- Isaiah's got January and February to get into his rhythm. Um, I, I, maybe that was just him saying something because he felt targeted uh, by the press conference. But these veteran teams don't practice. Um, I was going to ask about practice. Like, how does that work? I mean, who does practice during the season? Does anyone we, practice during the season? Are we talking about practice? We're talking about practice. I mean, they, they practice, but it's not like intense up and down practice. Like their practice is walking through the other team's plays and going over their defensive principles and things like that. It's not like high school practice where it's up and down, like you're pressing each other and things like that. So, yeah, it's, it's basically like a shoot around. Uh, it's it LeBron gets results and I, I don't doubt that that's the whole purpose behind this. I, I, he's masterful. He's like Kaiser Soze and usual suspects just pulling the strings behind the entire movie. And at the end you realize it's a plot twist and bang, he's got Anthony Davis on his roster. And all of a sudden we're, you know, all of a sudden we're looking up and the Cavs are 
like going to give the Warriors a run for their money. I I think it's masterful, but I think it's very passive aggressive. I think it's 100% LeBron. Uh, and uh, I, I just I just thought it sort of slid underneath the radar of NBA stories, but I never seen anything like this before. I never seen like imagine your coworkers call a secret meeting to talk shit about you, and then but then they publish the quotes about anonymously about everyone like in an email to the office. I mean, Mark Gasol had had a separate sit down with media members to say that he didn't get fist fired. I mean, he he called the media in there on his own and had he talked to them in a the room. Yeah, but you knew it was him talking. The quotes were attributed to him, and then oh, all, yeah, that was true, in response. True. And that was in response to like something he people were pointing fingers at him. It's like someone had directly assaulted him, and yeah. And so here, there's just random quotes popping out of nowhere, like from the iCloud, and like you're just like, oh, who said that? And I, I, that's what made it weird to me is no one's willing to own up to the quote, and like it was just weird. I, I mean, that's what made I guess the private press conference was not the weird part. The, the part weird was the anonymity of it. So. I don't know. I mean, shit. I'm sure it'll no, work. And I'm, it, it is strange. It is strange. I will agree with that part. It's strange. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, so, you know, moving on to the next topic, I think, Slim, you were going to intro us. Oh, Lori Markkinen, the Bulls rookie. And, and bro, bro is Reaper. Over, bro's over here in the chats trying to skip Lori, man. Is, is it because he's white? Come on, man. We ain't skipping Lori. Yeah, man, this you guy, he is hooping, and there's nothing you could do, chat or otherwise, is going to stop that. Bro, answer for yourself right now, dude. Bulls haven't been on TV enough for me to watch. They're not doing super hot, and that's all I have. I can't. I don't have a strong platform here. Well, we won't take too much of your time, but we had to mention that Lori Markkinen, seventh overall pick out of Finland uh, and the University of Arizona, played for Sean Miller. He's a seven-footer. He was the first rookie to – Fastest rookie to reach 103 pointers in his career. He did it in just 41 games. Uh, this guy has been a surprise to me because I had no idea who he was. I didn't watch a lot of Arizona basketball, and he's he's played really well this year. Uh, he can defend uh, better than I definitely be, better than I thought he could. Uh, I thought he was just going to be your typical white guy, and he's averaging almost eight boards a game. So he's a good player, and he might be the next Kristaps uh, Porzingis. Uh, it just the depth of this rookie class is uh, is really been amazing to me. I mean, this might be the best class since the LeBron, Carmelo, D Wade class of '03. Yeah, I think we look up and you know, and all these guys are legit second, first, at least one through three options on you know championship contenders. Um, Lars been great. I, I I was all when he was played for Arizona. Everyone was like, he's going to be the next Dirk. Um, and, and I hate, I hate when I really hate when NBA players are compared according to race. Like I, like he could very well play like anyone. It doesn't necessarily have to be dirt cause he's white and shoot threes, you know? Um, but, but I guess like I hadn't really thought about a better comparison. So I'll just call him the new dirt. Um, and he, he does, he plays really well. And I, I, I've been also surprised at his defense, his lateral movements quick. He, he's an intelligent basketball player, which goes a long way in the NBA. You don't have to be athletic to be a solid player. Um, Obviously, it helps, and he's surprisingly athletic too. I mean, I, like, I, I think he's great. I think the Bulls actually have played really well as of late. In fact, most of the Bulls fans are kind of pissed because they don't seem to be tanking. They're trying to win. They're trying. Chris Dunn's hooping, and uh, yeah, Chris Dunn, man, I, I yeah. was worried about him. He's balling now. I like he's good. Him. Yeah, I like him too. I, I really like him, and 
I like guys how like you. you. About, how, do, how do you feel about Zach Levine? I'm not. I'm not a big fan of him. I, nope. I, I like him. I, I like him aesthetically, uh, but yeah. I don't know if I like him for a team. Yeah, he's like a. Yeah, he's like a like a like a car, like an old car that looks cool on the outside, but you're not quite sure what's sticking underneath. I, I, I he's always every time he plays the Grizzlies, he hits like seven threes and just destroys us. So like for some, yeah, dude, that, I love watching him play and his yeah. jumper, like he gets so high off the ground and like he, he's so athletic. It's an crazy. exciting watch. And as uh, so he could channel that into good defense, like I think he could be like a, uh, like a, a Thabo Cephalosha type player, like a, you know, like a two guard that plays good defense and just understands their role. And I mean, he's never going to be an all-star, but I, I like him. I, I mean, I would like to have him. I, I don't, he might just end up becoming like a guy that comes off the bench and just like has a bunch of energy with the second unit. I don't know, but uh, like, I don't, I don't not like him, I guess, but yeah, but he's good. I mean, and, and the exciting dunks are that that's, that's a, from a business standpoint in the NBA, you got a guy like that coming on the court and throwing down ridiculous ass dunks in game that puts asses in the seats. You know, it does. And like people like the organization can sell that and they can make t-shirts of it and they can, like have him do little specials of timeouts and like, you know, like a, that's a thing you can sell to everyone, particularly the kind of the kids. So, yeah. So uh shout out to Lori Markinen and the, the young Chicago bulls shout out to our old friend Quincy Pondexter. Uh, sorry about that, bro. Professor. Didn't mean to waste your time. Yeah. Coupon uh, shout out to you and bro. We really hate that you were forced to talk about Lori Markinen, despite the fact that you simply didn't want to. But I think we are going to move forward to Rondo and uh, and sort of his process with his former teammates. Slim, you want to go into it? Oh, my gosh, man. These petty-ass former Celtics. So Ray Allen left the Boston Celtics um, after they had been beaten in the playoffs, and he went and joined the Miami Heat, who at the time were their arch rivals. They had had uh, like two battles in the playoffs, and then – uh, they had they had been battling LeBron for a while. It's it's more about LeBron that he went and joined the team with LeBron, um, and so it's kind of been well documented that Ray Allen is not um, in the friend zone with the 08 Celtics from that championship team. Uh, I mean, Big Baby Davis is at, at events with them and talking like on KG's Area 21. Um, they didn't have Tony Allen at that area 21 thing, maybe because he's still in the league, but I, I kind of got offended at that. Um, and, and last February it became known that Rondo, uh, chief, your post about Rondo, uh, today made me laugh about that time you got gypped out of his seats. Yeah, man. Uh, (laughs) So that, that, that'll come up in another day, but shout out to Rondo. Rondo made it, it, it became known that Rondo was planning a trip for this 08 Celtics team this summer, 2018, to celebrate the 10 year anniversary of their title. And uh, Rondo said that he had asked some other team leaders if he should invite Ray, and he got a, a no head shake. Um, so he, he didn't invite Ray. Well, later on, um, so Rondo said that in February, that summer, Ray Allen and Paul Pierce were on a promotional trip in China and uh, they kind of mended their relationship. Paul Pierce posted a photo on Instagram. So we knew it was real. Um, and what this is the, now it is right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and, and the thing was Paul, Paul Pierce and, and KG have said that 
the way Ray left is why why it upset them because he didn't answer their phone calls. Uh, he didn't let them know that he was going to join the Heat. He just kind of basically left in the dark of night. Um, but he, he and Rondo always had problems, apparently. They never saw eye to eye, even in the glory years. So, uh, but ne- and they used the terms betrayal. Like they felt really strongly about Ray Allen leaving to join the, the Miami Heat and uh, go on to win back to back championships with LeBron James. Um, but just recently, Rondo has came out and said that Ray Allen is invited. He said everybody on the team is invited. So I guess we will see this summer if the Celtics are back for good. Um, maybe Ray gets there and goes through a back hallway and there's a fight. Who knows, man? Could happen. Uh, you know, kumbaya, my lord. Now you're going to be sitting around a campfire telling stories about how great that year was and how great that run was and how those runs don't often come along. Uh, so they, I'm sure they're super glad it did. You know, and then you say, and then Ray fucking left us. And then Ray's like, yeah, and I got two championship rings, too, for leaving y'all. So sorry about that. <laughs> you got, you, got, you guys are getting washed up. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and I guess I guess what it all boils down to, and I can understand, I think, yeah, petty-ass Celtic. I think that's definitely a trend here. But I, I can understand why they would be mad because specifically not only did he leave, I guess the way he left also by not talking to anyone, sending any texts, letting anyone know his intentions – and sneaking out in the dead of night, as you so eloquently put it, but to go to the Heat, the team that you had been battling with. Um, Eliminated by, I believe. I believe it was like a KD situation. Yeah, well, it, yeah, it's exactly. It was, it was in the Eastern Conference Finals, two back-to-back years when the Heat beat the Celtics. And um, so it was, it was, there were frustrating losses. I know they had at one point the Heat on the ropes in the Eastern Conference Finals. They were up like 4-2, the Celtics were, and the Heat won like three straight. Um, and, and, and advance, but to go to that team is, is like a KD situation. And that's, I think that's a lot, a large part of why people think KD's a bitch and a large part of why people understand why Russ doesn't like KD. So I understand it. Uh, I like, but t- it's been 10 years, you know, I mean, I, but at the same time, like with the John Calipari thing, it's very similar. I feel like I don't want to get into that, but I think it's, it's how he left and not that he left. And uh, but that, that was the, there's a way to do it. And it's, it's just be transparent and tell your teammates, and let them know what you're about to go do and then and say, hey, I respect you enough to tell you this. This is what I'm going to do. I like hope we will remain friends from here on out regardless, though. And like and then, you know, make the other guy be the asshole. But if you're st- sneaking out like that, then it gives everyone a right to like totally trash you. But I'm glad, man. I'm glad they're going to go on the trip to get where they're going. You know, uh, it's, it's hidden. It's undisclosed uh, okay. private location out outside of the United States. So Memphis is out then. They're not coming to Memphis, you don't think? It doesn't sound like it. It doesn't sound good. Yeah. Well, man, I tell them that, you know, if they, if they do come, then I'll get them a table at the rendezvous and, uh, and we'd have a nice night of ribs and fellowship. And I would single-handedly mend all the fences. But sadly, it doesn't sound like that's going to happen. <laughs> Bro, you got any takes on this, man? You got any burning takes? Nah, some, some people just like to watch the world burn. And in this case, that person is me. Or Blake Griffin. I know you're about to reference the Blake Griffin meme. Joker Club! Blake Griffin! Tweeted yeah, 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 Joker. Yeah, yeah. Welcome away from the Burning Hospital. Fantastic movie scene. Also completely applicable to the situation that happened. Amazing Blake Griffin gif. Props to Blake Griffin. Funny dude. Um, so go ahead, Slim. What you got? 
Dude, and we got uh we got Doc Doc and Austin involved in the in the you know the little Clippers Rockets thing. So these these old petty Celtics and their kids are everywhere, man. Here's the thing about Doc. If he came up to me and tried to talk some shit, I couldn't understand what he was saying to me because he just growls and he's a clear his throat. So if he came to me and was like, "Man, fuck you," saying like, and I, mm. I wouldn't even know whether to be offended or not. So Doc needs a clear his throat. They need to cut Austin Nichols from the NBA. And we need to cut out this thing about like uh, coaches' kids on NBA teams. I think, I think those three things we fixed the NBA single handedly overnight. Austin Nichols ain't made it to the NBA, man. You're giving us some credit. He's only in the G League right now. Austin Cheap Nichols. On that vodka over there. Yeah, man. This, this, uh, this Gatorade vodka has got me feeling loose, but also misquoting facts. I did not mean to talk about Austin Nichols, the former Memphis Tiger, current Memphis Hustle player. I meant to talk about. Shout out Austin Nichols, man. A little cocaine yeah. ain't never heard nobody. Yeah, man. Shout out Austin Nichols. You know what? I, 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 as someone who's not super opposed to cocaine, go for it. You know, like it's actually hurt a lot of people. So I'm glad. I hope. I hope he's not using that anymore. Yeah, fuck cocaine. We don't actually advocate that at all on the barn burner. Um, I agree. All right. So moving on, uh, bro. I think you're up, dude. Yeah, it wouldn't be a backdoor cut addition if we did not talk about our boy Devin Booker so the question is you guys which team and you can't pick the current team he's on the Suns and you can't pick the Grizzlies what team would you like to see him on with the current roster that exists for that team that's a caveat I threw in there because I think that's important you can't shift too much around you just have to assume that he's a free agent and he gets added on to a roster that already exists. No trades or anything like that. Cleveland. I thought they were already awesome, and this is the best team they've ever had. Well, you ask, you ask well, on which team. I mean, if he gets Devin Booker, they ain't, it, it's going to be a lot more fair in the finals. And just because I think this is his best team, I, I still don't think they're, they're ready to beat the Warriors yet. Uh, I, I'd like to see him on Oklahoma city. Uh, and I like, I'd, li- I'd like to, uh, I'd like to slot Paul George to the, to the bench and have him come off and be the sixth man and, um, and just see that team play together. Cause I think they'd score more with a score like Devin Booker, their issues kind of scoring and they play good defense, but they can't get buckets when they need to. And I, 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 that's what I would personally like to see him on the thunder. No, man, you got to take Roberson out of that starting lineup and just put D-Book right there. Or take Roberson out. I mean, yeah. Like, I thought, wait, Paul George. You can't bench Paul George. Wait, I I thought Paul George played the two. Has he played? Has Roberson played the three and the two? You could could make them win. No, Paul Paul George is more the three, man. Whatever. You got to send Roberson's ass to the bench. That's fine. I'll send (laughs) Roberson to the bench. I wasn't even thinking about Roberson, man. Well, Uh, you can't send Paul George to the bench, dude. I, I was just saying it'd be awesome him coming off the bench. Like I realize, I realize the realities of it, but you just let me let me have my fictional reality, man. Like you, you can send Melo to the bench. Gunner How come Mello. you send Melo to the bench? Because like he's not as good as Paul George. I don't know. I don't know about that. Oh, bro, that's that's fact. just a fact. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I, I, I mean, I, no, I, like you, you guys are just saying it a fact. You're not backing it up anything. You just said Melo is better than Paul George, and then you say that's a fact. Give me some facts. No, we said you, Paul that's George not anything is you than Melo. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm saying Melo is better than Paul George. Well, well, give me some facts to back up the, the reverse. You're going to make me look some stuff up, huh? 
Yeah, I'm making you look some stuff because you don't know. You said a fact and you don't know. Dude, it's obvious. You know Paul George is better than Carmelo Anthony at this point and right now. I think I think Paul George is certainly a more complete player. Plays obviously Melo doesn't play no defense. But I don't know. I don't know about this year. I haven't I haven't really looked up their individual stats. I look at the, look at the Pacers and Knicks last year. No, the head to heads? No, no, just the Pacers at least made the playoffs and the Knicks didn't. And both yeah. teams sucked. Paul George can play defense. Yeah, Paul George can play defense. No, his, his defense has always been suspect. But I don't know. I'd like to see him with the fucking uh, Thunder. You know, so sue me. Yeah, I would too. I just wouldn't send Paul George to the bench. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> I actually like that team a lot. Yeah. yeah Roberson's <laughs> well, averaging, you know, Roberson oh, averages five points a game. So I think you can do without his uh, firepower I, I, offense. I, I mean, I think that Roberson is a, a kind of a red herring in the starting roster. And uh, the only reason he averages five is he gives up his shots to the other players on the team. Whereas if you have Paul George, uh, you have Devin Booker, you have um, Russell Westbrook, and then Melo, who's going to take all the shots? I think you got to spread the shots out and throw some on the bench. I chose Paul George, and now I'm getting raked over the coals. Yeah, man, you just stagger the substitutions. Well, yeah, but someone, so someone's on the bench. Yeah, but two or three other good players are still in the game. Yeah. No, someone doesn't start on the bench. You start with your best players and you stagger the substitutions. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, man. So what were you saying about Devin? Oh, yeah, Devin Booker. Yeah. Yeah, so, I made a pick. Man, and... Devin Booker always starting fights. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, like, he'd be a great fight club member. And you know, if we were talking last year, he would have been. I, he'd be an electric, electric player on whatever team he would be on. I honestly... With not considering the rosters, I would I would like to see him on the Lakers. Honestly, I think he'd be a great Laker. I think that the, the team and the, or the uh, I think the city would really get behind a player like that, like just an exciting electric score. And so I I think like I, I you know I'm the one of us that thinks that the, the NBA is good when the Lakers are good. I think that'd be cool um, to see him. And I think he just look good in the purple and gold. Honestly. Uh, so I'm going with another classic <laughs> NBA franchise. <laughs> Moving on from uh, to another team that wears blue. You I'm, put I'm Paul picking George the, on the bench, though. Yeah, Paul George always on the bench. Now I'm going with the 76ers. So I I think his personality because he's kind of a punk, you know, likes to get things started, kind of exciting. And Embiid, who's like, I assume in real life he's hilarious because on Twitter he's hilarious and he's always like poking fun at people and trolling people. Just a good time, I think. Having those two together and you got Simmons at point, I think you got a pretty good squad going there. Yeah, what do you, you, you put Embiid on you put Embiid on the bench, obviously, in that scenario, right? <laughs> oh man. Uh, <laughs> that that would that would be a fun young team. Uh but but they wouldn't they wouldn't I don't know if they how competitive they would be right now, but they would be fun. Yeah, but in, in in two years they might be finals contenders. Well, I guess everyone's sort of trying to build. Uh, they should be building for a post Warriors time too in the NBA, where you know that where the team couldn't afford the players or whatever, and they've split up or gotten too old. And so yeah, that would be you know that sort of age team and bead, um, and then uh, and Booker like would get to their prime just as the Warriors sort of aged out. And and I think that's when you Simmons and sorry, yeah, Simmons, yeah, and you, that's when you strike when the iron's hot, you know, when when there's kind of the NBA's wide open at that point. I think it will be. I think it, 
a new super team will have to establish itself then. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're building to compete with the Warriors, you better have LeBron James. Because, uh, I mean, these guys, there is not a better collection of talent in the league that you could put together, I don't think, than what they have um, with their main guys. Yeah, the bizarre part about it is not only that they have the players they have, but the, the fact they all play so well together and fit together like a puzzle. Like you said, I mean, even if you take the next four, if you take all the Warriors out of it and take the top four players in the NBA, you put them on the same team, I don't think they're as good Like for the reasons you just said. It's the only they would meld together like the Warriors do. Yeah, I mean, I, I've thought about this and tried to think of teams that I could put together and – I don't think there is one really. I mean, I guess you got to have LeBron and Kyrie because they've beat they've done it uh, three three quarters of of the Warriors um, without KD. Uh, and then I mean, Anthony Boogie, Davis, Boogie and Anthony Davis maybe. Uh, maybe. Or, or is An- Anthony Davis doesn't like to play the center? I take Anthony but, over Boogie if I had to pick one. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. Um, I mean, Kawhi, maybe. He's a good compliment because of the way he plays defense and he can do what you need to. He's a kind of a glove type player. Yeah, and you put LeBron at the four, so you would have this is AD at the five, Braun at the four, Kawhi at the three. We got Kyrie at the one, or do we, would we change that point guard? I'd play Kyrie at the one. I like him with his balls in his hands. Yeah, I mean, the, the <laughs> only. A, other guy I could think of is Westbrook, but he, 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 we need somebody with the outside shot. So then who at shooting guard? Bradley you Dill, say? James Harden? Well, Harden, yeah. Man, I don't know. Maybe or what if you, you play? got Kyrie Harden and LeBron, and that's, that's not that great of a fit, I don't think. I don't know. I'd like to see I it. Think, I think you got to bench LeBron in, in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> If I was coaching this team, yeah, you bench LeBron, you bench AD, you bench all those guys, <laughs> and you start Roberson, and, um, and you bring Dova, up, Dova. Dova, Dova, starting point guard, Dylan Brooks, starting shooting guard. Um, <laughs> hell, I, Kobe Simmons play, runs on that bench unit with LeBron and all them. Actually, we just kick Kyrie off the team entirely. I honestly don't think he has a place on there. And, uh, and hell, and I think we give him a run for it. I think, I think they sort of under, they underestimate. I think that power of underestimation there on the, the Warriors would sort of lure them into a, a self-sense – of, of false confidence and then we strike so what we're saying is ain't nobody beating the warriors it don't matter who you got right now so prepare for the future yeah build now get your picks get your young players and look for three or four years down the road when the nba is again a wild west boys uh we feel like we need to talk any more nba we feel uncomfortable we want to move on to our final segment man didn't we have something about the wizards where are we going to talk about the wizards i don't remember raptor or the Raptors. Oh, Raptors. yeah, shit. Yeah, let's talk about the Raptors. Who's going to intro that, bro? You go ahead, bro. I got you. All right. Hey, bro, bro went through the schedule, put his name next to his topics. Dude, just, someone skipped over. We just went straight into Porzingis. It was, it was well, too quick to transition. So, all right. Digress. It was, it was the DeMar Knicks. DeMar DeRozan. We were talking about Courtney Lee and the Knicks. So, yeah. I asked about Porzingis, man. man my bad. My bad. Okay. Man, no, don't, make me, don't make me feel bad. Shit. No, nah, it just flowed really well. I wasn't mad. I, I just wish we'd have skipped Laurie, but that's okay. Yeah. You hate right, him because he's white. It's okay. Yeah, you're right. 
DeMar DeRozan's been playing well for the Raptors. They're sitting at 30 and 13. They are the two seed in the Eastern Conference. Can they or can they not get over the hump and beat the Celtics and or the Cavs this year in the playoffs? Is this the year that the team, the team team puts it together and beats the Celtics or Cavs? No, no, man. man. (laughs) (laughs) No, man. (laughs) All you need to know, you got two non-mans back to back. Like, here's the thing about, dude. The Raptors kind of remind me of like, I don't, I I don't want to say the Grizz, but that's they, they, they're always in the mix. You know, they, 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 they're always sort of like a threat, and no one necessarily wants to play them. But they just never, they never actually win. I mean, they, they, closest they've been is, have they made an Easter Conference Finals? Maybe, maybe I don't. I can't remember. Couldn't say but, off the top of my head. Yeah, I, so think, we, I feel like they made one. They won, uh, and I don't like us. And and the Cavs beat them. Yeah, like, like two years ago, maybe. Yeah, something like that. That that that, that makes sense to me. I think before the Celtics had, you know, yeah. gotten to the position they're in now. Yeah, and and, and DeRozan too. Like I, I love he's playing well. Like I, uh, I like I like the the Raptors a lot. I think their fans are great and I think their team's good and I like they're having a lot of fun and I wish I was in their position, but dude, DeRozan, like, I, I just don't understand you can sustain an entire NBA season on the way he plays basketball, particularly during the playoffs. I don't know how he's shooting from three this year. I know he's traditionally been shooting like jumper, like 17, 18 foot jumpers. Like he's kind of playing like an old style of basketball. And I, I mean, I, he's always played good defense. He's athletic as shit. I like Kyle Lowry a lot. Um, I, I like that team a lot, but man, I just, I just can't see it. And and judging by both of our hell naws nearly simultaneously, it doesn't seem like Slim does either. What do you think, Slim? Nah, uh this this is who the Raptors are. They're a they're a good regular season team. Um DeRozan has been playing great, but when I've watched it seems like Kyle Lowry is kinda uh taking a step back for whatever reason this year. And, How old is he? He's gotta be like getting close to thirty, right? Yeah, he's uh I mean, he's 30, 31, right right around the same age as Mike Conley, maybe 32 at the at the old year you're older, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, he's about getting to that age where he's going to start taking that step back cuz he's getting out of his prime. So yeah. That makes sense. And I mean, they got Serge Ibaka and a couple other pieces, but I I don't think I don't think they're beating LeBron in the playoffs. And I really don't even if, if they get the Wizards, I, I I think the Wizards would would handle them in the playoffs. Probably so. I think they beat anyone else, but that what they got can't have happen is get that four or five and play the Wizards. Bro, you got a take on this, homie? Yeah, you guys aren't gonna like what I have to say. So I'm, I'm thinking they're going to the Eastern Conference Finals this year. I don't know if they're beating Cavs or Celtics, but I think it's gonna happen. Hot take. You heard it here. They're gonna beat one of those teams, whichever one they get paired against. Right now, it's something that's different from their past seasons is their offense last year they finished they had that best defensive rating and they were but they were 14th so middle of the pack in offense this year they're third in offensive rating and fourth in defense so i think that they really have a much more well-rounded team clearly one of the most well-rounded teams in the league and i think if demar can keep it up that the combination of demar lowry and abaca is going to lead them to their first Eastern Conference championship in a while. Not think, championship, sorry, championship game. Do you think they're more likely to beat the Warriors? I'm sorry, the uh, the Cavs or the Celtics? Because they had to beat one of those in order to get there. 
I don't want to say calves, but I'm thinking the calves. <laughs> That's disrespectful. I don't know, man. I, I know you're thinking they got a real strong team, but they got one guy, and if he can, if he's if he's healthy, he could take them. But I really, I'm all in on the Raptors this year. I'm all in on these random teams. The Heat got the T Wolves. I like them. Bro, yeah. you're gonna get your feelings hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. First of all, I don't think, think this Cavs roster is the Cavs roster that we see in the playoffs. But assuming that it is. I just don't. I just don't think you can ever pick against LeBron James like reasonably. You know, like everyone always wants to every year, and he does exactly what he does every year, and with with whatever the roster is. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's a it's a it's. I wish it was the case. I look. I wish you could look at a team like the Raptors and kind of say, man, they're you know they got a lot of good players. They play well. They play together. They play good defense. It'd be great to see them. You know, like successful. But when you run against a brick wall like LeBron James, like you know, shit, you just ain't gonna you ain't gonna run through it. You just can't. NBA superstar league, baby, and LeBron is the the quintessential superstar. So I don't know how you you overcome that. But I, I like the pick. I I think it's gutsy. I think it shows the kind of gutsiness is the reason I brought you into the barn burner. That, that's the kind of the the kind of fuck you attitude that that you're that the bro is known for. Barn burner professor, baby. This is a guy that does, is not scared to make the scary picks. Um, so w- without further ado, unless anyone else has got another NBA take. We're going to move into our final segment, which we have named Dope or Nope. Now, if you haven't checked it out, our boy Young Goat, uh, one of our contributors on the site, writes a Dope or Nope column on the site, mostly related to pop culture. So he writes about TV, movies, um, music, albums, and he just discusses each thing individually and decides whether or not it was dope or whether or not it was nope, whether it was shitty or great or awesome or bad. Um, go check him out. Uh, Young Goat, he writes really funny stuff. And, and if you're a pop culture person, um, check him out. He really gives you the good ideas on what to watch. Um, so the way we're going to do this is I'm going to name out a thing, an item, and I'm going to shoot it to bro and chief for them to deem it dope or nope. They will give a one sentence explanation uh, according to uh, yeah, Slim or bro. I said chief. They will give a one sentence explanation according to what they think it is. And then we'll move on rapid fire style. So right now I'm going to start off first off. All-star Jersey slim. Ain't seen them. (laughs) Bro. Dope. Black and white is very fresh and clean. Nope. Don't like them too fresh and too clean. The Grizz's two game winning streak, bro. No. Can we erase them? I'll g- I will gladly give back L.A. and New York their wins. Slim. Nope, man. We don't. We don't. Every win is a loss. I agree. Nope. Every win is a loss. That's fantastic. We're on the tank, Opalooza, or we should be. The Tigers, the Memphis Tigers, basketball teams. Tubby Smith led, coached, and recruited, and coached up. And Pooh Williams and Joe Esposito extravaganza's four-game winning streak. Slim. Dope, man. They're, they're, they're trying to shut the haters up. These guys are playing hard. They're beating some teams that they should beat. I don't think this means that they are a NCAA tournament team or anything like that, but I'm glad to see these guys get some win wins after uh, some tough times. Uh, it still doesn't explain that we have one recruit signed for next year. 
uh, or the impending future of the Tigers program. But I'm glad that we got some wins. Bro. Dope. Somehow we're fourth in the conference right now. Keep it up. Beat Wichita State or Cincinnati, then I'll be impressed. Uh, despite the fire Tubby Smith, uh, you know, movement, I think it's dope. I love these guys play hard. They play proudly, and I'm happy to see them wear the jersey. Uh, I think they take it seriously, and I'm, the wins have been great. And uh, Jeremiah Martin's playing like um, Elliot Perry. Like, I wrote an article this week about it, and I, he's playing amazingly. He's playing an All-American, and it's great to see a player like that, a Memphis kid, put the jersey on and perform to the degree that we hoped he would. Doesn't excuse recruiting. Also, I still think we should still fire Tubby Smith. Um, so... The future of the team is what's more important here, but I digress. Next topic. So the all-star weekend performers were announced. And so we're going to go through each performer and, and give our doper note. All right. Pharrell and his band nerd to perform at the all-star game, bro. Nope. Too family friendly. Slim. Nope. I mean, Bruno Mars can't do it every year, so I'm fine with Pharrell and uh, N.E.R.D. replacing them. I think it's dope. I love N.E.R.D. Uh, that was the first time I ever heard of Pharrell. Was, if you don't know, it's Pharrell's band before he became the Pharrell we know, and they're kind of like a rap rock group, and they're great. It was an exciting, exciting show, very energetic. Uh, and they're putting out a new album, too, so they'll probably debut some new songs. That's exciting. Uh, next topic, Canadian Rockers. Bare Naked Ladies will perform the national anthem of their home country. Uh, that is Canada. Slim. Um, dope. I'm all for, you know, uh, people from their own country singing, singing their song. I don't know nothing about the Bare Naked Ladies, so I don't know. They sing that uh, song, One Week When You Look At Me. Na, 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 na. They're like an alt-rock band from the 90s. Yeah, it's not ringing a bell, but, uh, you know, it's still dope for them, man. Good for them. Okay. Uh, bro, what's up? Yeah, that's dope. Canada's got a team. They deserve a national anthem. And they got an all-star. So they definitely deserve it. I think it's dope that they're singing the national anthem. I, I'm not excited to hear the bare naked 90s alternative version of O Canada, though. Um, so I, I ultimately, no. Uh, ultimately, no. I wish we had a different artist. Um, okay, comedian Kevin Hart is going to open up the festivities with, I assume, an intro and uh, perhaps a little stand-up routine. What do we think? What do we think, bro? I, I got to go dope. I feel like Kevin Hart's an honorary all-star. He's always playing in the celebrity game, so he belongs there. He's dope. Slim. Uh, I got to agree. I'm going dope. Uh, Kevin Hart is a part of the all-star weekend. He's at all the events. Um, and until someone takes the throne, uh, he'll continue to be uh, a big part of the weekend. I agree. Dope for all the reasons just mentioned. He's like an all-star ambassador and he loves the weekend and he plays in all the events and he's just a, a good presence to have around. Um, sort of as fans, we can almost act like we're in her, his shoes as a fan at all the events. And, uh, and he's, he's funny and he just, he gets it. He gets the NBA culture um, a lot better than a lot of celebrities do. So it's fun to have him around. Uh, so three dose for, for Kevin Hart. It's exciting. Last dope or nope. We have the final performer at all-star weekend. Fergie who has eight Grammys, will sing the Star-Spangled Banner prior to tip-off. What do we think, Slim? Can she sing? Uh, d- debatable. She sings uh, d- 
She was the Black Eyed Peas, you know, and she, well, I can't remember yeah, some of her famous songs. Yeah, I, I know her. I, I'm going nope. I, I I I hope she blows me away, but I feel like there's better performers out there, so I'm going nope. Okay, what do you think, bro? I think it's dope. I can't wait to see the prop bet on uh, how long the over under on how long the anthem's going to take. Man, you probably think Tide Pods dope too. Yeah, you haven't said nope on anything, man. I feel a little <laughs> negative or some shit. No, I was uh, upset about the win. Dang, I did say dope. Man, I'm just in a good mood tonight, you know? <laughs> Everything's good. I think that's dope that you're feeling dope. But what I think is nope is, no, Fergie's dope. Fergie's, she's sexy, and I want to see if she's still sexy. I actually haven't seen her. She's been out of the spotlight for like the past five, six years, so I'm excited to see her. She, you know, has won Grammys with an R&B artist, the Black Eyed Peas. And is I think she's a great vocalist. I think she's classically trained, kind of like Pink. Pink is a great vocalist too, but both of them don't get love because they don't get a lot of chance to show their range. So I'm excited to see how long it takes. Like uh, we'll do some prop bets on how long the anthem takes, and uh, and, and we'll go from there. But unless anyone has anything else, guys, incredible shoot around. This is the first shoot around we've had. This has been an exciting backdoor cut, uh, and and we hope that everyone has enjoyed listening to it. We will be back with another episode of the Backdoor Cut sometime in the near future. Look for the cutback with our boys Slim and Q. And as always, check out the Barn Burner at the-barnburner.com for great, exciting content on a lot of different topics. And I'm saying we got something for everyone on there. We have things from sports to movies to TV to bro yoga. Bro yoga. Broga. Check it out. Y- y'all been doing your broga? Last uh, week. Downward dog, baby. That, that sounds like a no from both of y'all. I just said a yoga term that I think exists and said baby after that. So I don't know. Yoga's dope, I hear. Yeah, so, you, would, you would think that was dope for sure. All right, guys. Well, whatever, man. I'm out of here. Holler at y'all. All right, boys. See later, you later, fam. See ya.